Break Today now on 46 1995. Communities in Limerick are continuing to come together to help uh, Ukraine, including refugees coming here. And Linda Ledger, a good friend of the show, is with St. Munchen's Centre, well known for her fantastic work and along with her team. And she joins me on the line now. Good morning to you, Linda. How are you doing? Good morning. I'm great. How are you? Good. Linda, the first thing I want to ask you is, tell me about this man at 84 years old who has come across, is a Ukrainian refugee, but was still, as we'd say in Ireland, mad for work. Mad for work. Valerie, I think, is his name. I'm calling everybody the wrong names, but we're kind of getting used to each other. He's lovely. I've just I've just had a little cry this morning over him because a girl came in with cat litter and cat pets, and he has his cat. So uh, through the translate, I'm translating through Google Translate, but he was in the worst place of the war, Joe, and I'm very bad with geography now. Is it Mariola or something? Mariupol, yeah. There. And um, he said all the animals went mad they, after the bombing, but he kept his cat with him uh, for 24 days under the bombing. Then they escaped through the fields, and he's just, the cat's 15 years old, and he's he's nearly as long as the men. But it's just, the more they're opening up to us, the more safer they're feeling, the more horrorful the stories are. But he wanted to dig, and he wants to see the sea. So I said, OK, you want to dig? So I have a yellow jacket I wear if I'm going out on the road with the lads. So I gave him my yellow jacket and we bought him a pair of boots and we left him onto the graveyard because we had a new piece of kind of earth gone in there and we sent him up to the allotments and he came back and, you know, put flowers in the graveyard, there's no water to feed them. And then it was, I in the allotments it was OK, he would allow me to grow flowers. But mad for work, just wants to do it and talking away to me in his own language and we're kind of, we've learned to thumbs up if we're getting it right. Right, 84 years old. 84, so, and you know what's worse? He's in a room with, he's the grandfather, he's the great-grandfather, then there's the the grandfather and then there's a the son, but the two, say, the the granda and the son, their wives are in Dublin and there's a child in Dublin and, you know, it's even just to try and get them united. And I'm not blaming anybody at anything, Joe, but I'm only learning too. And I've learned now there's a farm and how they can travel and... You know, I'll probably get into trouble by the end of the week. I'm probably in it already, but it's just about... That wouldn't be like you, Linda, but all in a good cause. <laughs> That's it. But it's like, I, f- I found, like yesterday, Joe, and did the GPO with them, and we were like Ukrainians on tour. Because I only have 22 at the minute, so I can go on the bus and two cars and we can go off. So, But I have to say, Limerick GPO was out on its own. They treated us so well. They had a girl who spoke the language. They sectioned us off. They made us feel so welcome. It was just the most wonderful experience. Now, we're going in at 10 this morning to this thing called a hub where they get a PPS number and something. So, please God, they're going to be as nice. But I don't know how the, the people who are landing out in the Radisson or somewhere, where's their wraparound service? Who's going to bring them? Or why can't we bring the services to them? Yeah. These people are coming in shell-shocked. They're, they're very nervous. They don't understand the language. They don't have possessions. Some of the, like those men I'm on about, they had baggage. So I said, they're okay. But then when I got into them, they had carried their wife and children's because they couldn't bring them on the plane. So they didn't, all they had was what was on their backs. They're, you know, it's anybody who really is negative or would say anything, I'd say, come over and see what what it's like. And how many Ukrainian refugees in total do you have at St. Munchen's Community Centre? I only have 22 at the minute and it's very on standby. And we are going to be, because we have three cats, a bird and a dog. So we're going to be a pet-friendly 
we're only an emergency evacuation centre, so what should be happening is people come to us until they can find them better accommodation. But we don't even have a shower. I'm trying to get a shower in now at the minute, and now this morning, it seems I don't have enough electricity coming in from the road. So whoever's out there listening and is a big job in the ESB, come out to me and give me more electricity from somewhere. Or so I'm where gonna... are the refugees showering? My house and the father's. And the Redemptress? In the Redemptress. Right. And tell me, you even had a special service, I think, Father Seamus of the Redemptorist oh, we had yesterday for a pet. That man is just, he's a saint. He's, when they came off, the, they, they were due at about 3.30, so we were getting ready, and the civil defence were there, and they had to register them and do the legal, legalities. Then they didn't come until after 7, and the Munster match was in full flow, so the bus could barely... I said, look, we'll go to the centre, because at that stage it was closed, and we'll be able to feed them, make them feel welcome, and register them there, because they they'd all be wrecked. So the bus couldn't turn in, so the bus then had to unload all them and their stuff, put it into civil defence trucks, and they were terrified then because they'd minded this stuff for days, and we were taking it off them and putting it somewhere where they didn't know. Then we came in, we got registered, and there was one family, now they were all upset, but there was one family, and the kids were really, really crying. And I was thinking, oh my God. And then Father Seamus, there's two lovely nuns he has, and Sister Antonio has some English, so she can kind of translate. But having them there in the room when they came in, they drew, you know, they they felt a little bit more safe and comfortable, but they got it out of them that their little pet had died. I don't know, was it a gerbil or a, it was something small in a cage anyway? Because it, me translating, I already got into trouble the other day. Joe, I translated to men. I take him to my house, wash his body, and his wife thought I was terrible because my translation Google can't understand me. So Father Seamus, anyway, first thing he did was offer to buy a new one, and they no, it was too soon. They didn't want that. So then he arranged the service. So we went up on Sunday. And the little boy who owned him was way too upset. <coughs> Sorry, Joe. I'm talking since Saturday. Uh, the little boy was just so too upset to come, so the mom and the two sisters came. And he had, they had a little hole dug at the side of the church, and they were putting flowers in. And I think even if you were made of ice, you'd have had to cry. There was lovely little prayers, and there was a little bit of singing. And But it was closure for the family. But they were crying for way more than the pet. Of they were crying they for were. their life, their Absolutely. everything. And well, it's interesting you should say, I mean, just that contrast you mentioned earlier, you know, across the road from you, and you have these refugees. There on Saturday, we had, what, feels like after COVID maybe a return to more normal life. You had the Munster-Leinster game. You had a big crowd there. You, you know, you had a bit of joy. Well, other than the result, I suppose. Uh, but everything in contrast. Um, and, and there you were trying to help these people who wouldn't know very much about rugby and are dropped into the middle of a part of the world they know nothing about. And there you're trying to help them. You're trying to help them. And like there's, it says, if you read the press, it says when you arrive, you're handed a sim pack and you're handed a pack. They're not. They didn't get anything. I didn't know. I'm only learning this week. I will be now ready for the next lot of groups that come in. But even me saying I'm ready, my facility is not the best. Like, anybody who wants to go onto our Facebook page, I made a video last night because I had enough of it. There was so many negative t- comments and that going on. I was getting 700 per person and I had 77 people. So I just said last night, here goes, said it as it was. But it's um, just to be clear, Linda. Pe- people slagging you off for what you're doing on social media. Oh yeah, there was a Nick. Uh, Nick wrote a lovely oh, no, article I do, yesterday. Oh Nick, oh sorry, Nick, the leader. That's fine. No, he yeah. wrote, and then under it, it was um, yeah, she's getting seven seven hundred euros per person, and she has seventy seven of them. Add that up, and all this and the government. So I was saying they're off their game. So then at the end, I said, look, it needs to go out there because people were afraid. People were. Um, they were just all panicking. I, Sorry, you're, you're bu- really I know you're busy uh, in the background. Oh, no, you tell them stop ringing the phone, lads. Um, sorry, Joe. Uh, there's, 
there was there's look the elephant in the room joe is there's people out there saying oh we have homeless we have this and the government aren't doing anything they need to get their act together like i don't care what anybody is doing i will work with anybody who needs it like another part of my job today is i have an irishman who we had to get sectioned out of his house because the house god love him his mental health went so bad that the house he his bins and all in the rooms with him he's in 5b waiting on me to get him furniture and get him out and I'm doing all that as well. I have the forms. Right, so you're, you what know. you're saying is you're doing everything you normally do and you're doing this extra. And but, that but and I, the only thing I'd say about it is, I mean, anyone who saw the images yesterday of what is going on in Ukraine, you know, and like, exactly I know everything so. is relative and everyone's burden is, is their own burden, absolutely. But you'd have to say, I mean, surely, surely on a humanitarian basis alone, we have to do what we can you do and even what I can if I was to wait for the government and I'm not slating them but I'm not waiting for the government because by the time they figure this out at the minute I want these people they're not comfortable in the beds but I want to put in two cabins so they have somewhere they can have Paul Patton from the ETB sent me out people yesterday about doing English classes for them they want to learn how to speak English because if they're going to be stuck here they don't want to be here they're not jumping up and down and saying I want to be a limerick they're landing and they're being shuttled off to wherever there's space for them like they want it, to be at home in their own country. The problem is they, they can't and be. The teenagers that are here are really struggling because outside of having teenage hormones, like they're not even, there's, there's one family and they really don't even come out or mix with the others. But people have been so good then on the other hand. Like you've 90% of people who are brilliant. Somebody donated us a little scooter and the difference between Saturday and last night, the little fellow, there was one, the fellow who'd lost the little pet, he was coming up and down the hall in his little scooter now. And I was saying... There was two other women past me and they had brought coffee and they were going into each other's rooms. And I thought, this is what it's about. This is, you know, this is, to me, this is. And then once people, local people, community people, they came in, they were like, can I see what size they are so I can buy them something? Whereas I'm saying, that's great, but I can't send out a thing saying I need six pairs of child slippers because I don't know who's coming next. I know I'm going to end up with wheelchairs too because we're wheelchair friendly. Mm. But it's, um, it's one, so one other hard. question, I mean, you're in the middle of this and you're seeing these Ukrainian refugees, and we don't want to demonise all Russians. I mean, this is Putin um, who is ultimately um, leading this, and you know, he's the person who, who is to be blamed for it in the first instance. But when you see kids like that and what's happened to them, I mean, how are they, how are their parents going to find a way not to end up in hate because it, it, it would be a natural human reaction. It is and a lot of them don't have their fathers because they had to stay behind. A lot of them have family left behind and even when they came in and now there's, there's a now this morning thank God some lovely girl just came along to volunteer and she speaks the language so I said you'll have to tell them all to get up because we have to be in town for 10 whereas I'm other than that and they're just I would any, Joe even if you want to come out and meet them it just to see it in reality but to see the difference between Saturday and today of them opening up and learning more of their stories. Like, my little man, that little valley man, he is just... He's roaring crying again this morning because a woman came in with a cat litter tray and I was raging myself because I don't have a cat, so I didn't know anything about a litter tray and a shovel. And he was... And I was looking at the shovel and Brenda had to tell me, she was like, no, Linda, that's what the shovel... When they go to the toilet, there's a litter tray. You know, so I'm learning. There was a bird then and I thought, we'll get bird seed. And then mm. they said, no, and, Linda, you and, need and indoor bird seed. what age is the young fella? You know, I don't know, Joe. They're from yeah. about four to 16. Right. And we're like to see a little somebody passing you in a men's pair of slippers, and they're they're cocking down the hall, and to see the food barrier. I did a great shop, went over to Mulsgrave, and I thought, great, I'll get everything. Sure, I got all the wrong food. They eat loads of 
lettuce and they eat, they eat loads of kind of vegetables and they like spinach and very small amounts and they like to eat four times a day. So once I get in these cabins, I'm going to teach them how to use the kitchens themselves so yes. they could be their own. I understand. Yeah, it's I mean, a learning curve. Of course it is, of course. Well, but it's it, like, it hopefully now today, whoever is in that hub, once we come in, you better be lovely to us and then all the people <laughs> coming in. Because uh, you meant, like, it needs, nothing can beat hello, a smile, make them feel at home. You can put yourself in their position. Of course, of course. All right, well, listen, Linda Ledger, you're a powerhouse as always. Well done to you and the team there for what you're doing for those Ukrainian refugees. And that's reflected by amazing work that we've heard about uh, from people in Limerick, uh, various communities doing what they can in this terrible situation. That's Linda Ledger there uh, with St. Munchen's Community Centre. Call Limerick today now on 46 19 95.